Welcome to Luton Town International Podcasts. It's me, Alex, and joining me today, as always, is Gavin. How are you going, Gavin? I'm good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, it, I, 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 I think it's fair to say it's been a fairly average Luton week, hasn't it? Yeah, nothing really going on, really, is there? It bored yeah. out, really. Yeah, I, I gotta say, you know, they they gotta try and start making making the weeks a bit more interesting for us. <laughs> yeah definitely now we're international week coming up at least at least we'll have that yeah we'll have a good good international uh, break oh hang on it's no break for league one is there no even though we did get a call up good old james collins call up to the irish fold yes we did didn't we so uh ireland is getting desperate i see they have to farm players down in league one and league two now What's this getting desperate part? We've been desperate for quite some time. <laughs> Robbie, Ke- Robbie Keane's been record- re- retired for how many years now? Can't yeah. keep relying on Shane Long to do the job. <laughs> true, this is true. So uh, so what do you feel about uh, James Cullen being called up? Do you think it's the right right decision by Mick McCarthy? Uh, I think it's the right decision by Mick McCarthy. I don't think there's any doubt that Collins has been unbelievable this season. And a relatively slow start as well, let, let's face it. Um, but as I, as I said in one of the other podcasts, I would have preferred they leave it until the end of the season. Um, or when we, when, when we go up to the championship, at least then we'll have the week off. We won't have to be tinkering, tinkering with the team. Yep. Yeah, that's a fair, fair choice. And I think it's uh, well-deserved as well. Um I think I think with with the form he's been on, he's been scoring scoring and banging on the goals uh, pretty regularly since Christmas. And yeah, I think I think if if you wanted a form striker right now, I think James Collins would be it for Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the way the way Ireland have always played, we haven't we haven't got the the Luka Modric's and the and that type of player that you know will create anything. We normally just get the ball out wide and get the ball into the box. I think mm. Collins would be perfect for that because he's good in the air, he's strong, he can hold up the ball, get other people involved in the play. I think he, I think he's the exact type striker that Ireland need. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a good pressing forward, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and and, and 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 that's what they're looking for. I mean, if you can get him and maybe get Shane Long playing alongside him or something like that, and then just have him hold the ball and get Shane Long and the midfielders involved. I mean, yeah, Robbie yeah. Robbie Brady from midfield and and we. We could cause teams problems. You know, I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna have more possession than any teams, and we're not gonna have more we're not gonna outpass them or have more shots and goal. But I mean, all you need is one chance in football to score, and if Collins has proven, if you give him a chance, he'll put it in the back of the net. Yeah, it was a fair big squad though. I think it was thirty-two names given, so that's uh, most likely just the initial squad, isn't it? He might he might still get the cut. I don't think he will. I, I mean, I, I think it was a, a 
prelim, preliminary team. Um, yep. But I, I think he'll stay there. I think he'll, he, he'll stick. I think if any of the forwards will drop out, it'll be Parik Amon from uh, Newport County. I think he'll be the one that'll drop out. Collins is just playing too well. Unless he goes, unless he goes there and gets stage fright and just cannot do anything and nothing is going right for him. And I don't mm. see how he can't make the team, at least even the bench. Yeah, and also if you look at the opposition you guys have, I think it was, what, Luxembourg and Georgia or something like that? Yeah, Gibraltar I, or something, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you'd call I don't think you'd call any of them um, any any big reason to have uh, <laughs> have some stage fright. It should be fairly fairly um, fairly fair opposition there. I think well, Gibraltar. Even, even even just talking about getting into the getting into the training camps, you know, a lot of times you're around these players for for, for the first time, and you know you don't know how each other play, and maybe you can be get a little bit too muchy, and you don't put your best foot forward and. As I said, as long as he doesn't do that in the in the training camp, I don't see any reason why he doesn't stick. No, uh, but yeah, it's it's fun to see that that Luton has some um, some heavy heavy international uh, players in the squad as well, and and not just Luke Gambin for Wales for uh, for Malta. <laughs> oh God, I forgot he still played for us. He's only out on loan, isn't he? Yeah, he actually still 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 contracted to us. Although I have a vague feeling he won't get his contract renewed when it's up at the end of the season. But you never know what's happening in this this sport, do you? It's very very unlikely. In <laughs> fairness, right. um, who else? Who else is out on loan? He's out on loan. There's someone else out on loan as well. Um, Can't think of the name. Midfielder. Uh, we have the, the the left winger, the winger at the AFC Wimbledon, uh, Jake Jarvis. Jake Jarvis is in Scotland. Aaron Jarvis is in Wimbledon, isn't it? Or am no, I getting no, two of them mixed no, up? No, it's, yeah, you're getting the two of them mixed. Aaron Jarvis is in Falkirk, and um, and Jake Jar- Jarvis, not Jarvis, Jarvis is in uh, Wimbledon. Why do we have to have so many players with the same freaking names? They don't have the same name. Just Jarvis. Ah, close and enough. Jarvis. Ah, yeah. Well, you Irish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, moving on, uh, let's go to some actual football uh, before we go to the big news. I'm leaving that big one for last. Um, so, since we last spoke, I think we've played three, two games, at least two games, one draw and one victory. Let, let's uh, let's not dwell on the the draw. I think it was a fair 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 result. Uh, we weren't we weren't we weren't um, we weren't matching them, and we. We just couldn't break them down, and and I think nil nil was a fair result on that game. Um, when it comes to the last game we played, Bradford game, I think we um, think we deserved the goal. I think we deserved to win, but my God, did we struggle the last fifteen minutes? That pitch was awful, though. In fairness, as well. I mean, I've seen Kellenworth Road in some bad bad uh, bad conditions over the years, but Jesus Christ. That's that 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 pitch was bad. I actually think it's been more than two games as well because the last game I remember talking to you about was Joey Barton and Fleetwood Town, and since then we've played Coventry, Rochdale, Plymouth, and Bradford. Uh, and yeah, have, yeah. I suppose so, we have. Yeah. So much for this Nick thing that were that were a bad omen, whatever. Because in them games you picked up what one, two, five, eight points out of four games. That's not bad. No, I don't think it's a bad result, and we have, still haven't lost a game. So, uh, yeah, I don't think the curse is happening. But um, yeah, yeah, it was a good game uh, against Bradford, and 
I, I personally think that one of the, the most impressive things during that game has to be our defense. It has to be said, like, Sonny, Sonny Bradley, uh, Matthew Pearson, those that's that's centre half combination there. I'm 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 I know it's using big words, but I would say they're they're up there with Curtis Davis, Marcus Hacking, and they're getting up there. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, they have been absolutely fantastic this season, especially when you consider that our two fullbacks, Stacey, and um, whether it's Potts or James, like to get forward. Uh, a lot of times the teams break on the attack like Bradford did at certain points during the game. Um, they, they, stood up, they stood up to the challenge really, really well. I think Barnsley have only, are the only team in the league to concede less goals than us this season so far, and I think that's only by about one or two. They've been, they've been absolutely fantastic. My only worry now is Glenn Ray is gone, McCormick's gone, and I know you like him, but I don't trust Kelly in that defensive midfielder role. No, but we have that uh, we have that youngster as well on loan, the the twelve feet tall guy. Um, I can't remember George, the other George. I think. Oh, George Thorne from Derby. That's who it. We, who we've yet to see yet. Has he played a game? He yeah, came on, he came on as a sub in one game. Yeah, he came as a sub. I think it was uh, it was struggling with a niggling injury or something like that. So he hasn't played as much as we probably would have wanted. But uh, yeah, I think he he is available, and I I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench or maybe maybe even playing because I think we have yeah, as you said, yeah, I think um, uh, McCormick was struggling a bit, and uh, yeah, we probably have had a few minor issues going around. So. Yeah, I think yeah. I think two two games in a week will just end up being a little bit too much for McCormick. As far as I'm aware, it's his hamstring that's gone. So right, um, yeah. I mean, and, and at his age as well, like you're you're gonna start getting them injuries. Yeah, uh, it looked it looked pretty serious when he went off. So yeah, yeah. no no doubt we're probably looking at we're probably looking at having some um, having some time off for him. Yeah, but um, but all in all, I think all in all, I think that. Um, the squad is big enough to handle it. Like uh, you might, you might say that Pelly Ruddock isn't isn't the best option on the on, on on in that position, but I still think he would do a fairly solid job um, as long as he has doesn't have to make too many long passes. Um, but 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 also it all depends on who's who's on on the day they're playing as well. We, you know, we we got a few combinations we can use now and. There's a lot of utility players in the team as well. Like you see with with James Justin, he can he can play the defensive midfield role as well. I think so. Wouldn't be surprised if he turns up turns up in that that role um, for our next game. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see if they give Alan Sheen a, a, a try out in that position. Well, anything's possible. For me personally, I predicted before the season started that we probably wouldn't be seeing Alan Sheen very much because. In many ways, I, I actually saw him. He was really good coming forward, but defensively, he wasn't as solid as some of the other options we had. So, I was pretty certain by I'm pretty certain by the end of the season, Alan Sheen will be let go. So, um, so there's that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Question though. Question though about Sheen. Do you not think he'll get some sort? Okay, so let's say Sheen decides at the end of the season, you know, I'm hanging up my boots, I'm going to start getting my coaching badges. If he hasn't already started, do you mm. think there's some coaching role there at Luton for him? 
Well, I guess that depends on uh, who's going to come in as a new new manager. But he's still only 32, so I I think he had at least two or three more years in it. Look at look at um, look at Steve McNulty still playing, and I think he's 34 or 35 now. So Alan Sheehan is definitely definitely more fit than Steve McNulty, and uh, yeah, so I'd be a bit surprised actually if 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 he uh, retires now. Um, moving on, we got to talk about the big one, don't we? So just just to recoup what happened a few months ago, we had uh, we had Power Court coming up to debate, and that went through without a hitch. And then we had the big one, Newlands Park. Um, there was a lot of controversy surrounding this this development. Uh, there was a lot of ums and ahs and a lot of protests by members of parliament and a, a certain large corporation whose name shall go unnamed. I think we're going to do a, I think we're going to do a Richard Money and not even mention the name of this corporation other than it's run by an even vil, evil villainous Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, yeah, they didn't even turn up. They didn't even turn up, did they? I mean, I read I read um, Gary Sweet's uh, quotes after the decision, and he basically said, "I, you know, go ahead and pop open a champagne if you're a Town fan, and and you know, um, celebrate this absolutely momentous decision." He said, "Well, he won't do it for four, maybe four, for four to five months because obviously there's certain things that have to happen now. People can go and 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 appeal it, and it goes. It, it secondary state, I believe, can." can get involved. But my whole thing is, if these guys can't can't be bothered to fucking turn up at the at the decision, at, at, at the council meeting to make the decision, yep. why would they even fucking, why would they even think about appealing it? Just let it go and just let it happen. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I don't think I don't think they they are going to ask for it ask for it to be go to the Secretary of State, and and it happened fairly quickly also after the the, the power court decision that that the Secretary of State said no, we won't be calling this in. This looks fine. Just go ahead. So I think they're probably going to lie on the same type of strategy uh, for, 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 uh, this one as well. So yeah. And, and personally speaking on a personal point of view as well, I don't think really there, there is much to, to, to hang up on, on Newlands Park as well, because in a way it's just another property development. And, and the only real, very thinly veiled reasons that captain, uh, the certain evil consortium with an evil Australian manager, uh, had was that, it was mostly uh, fr- from a um, fr- from a business point of view, and I don't think that the business point of view they had was any any good at all either, because there was all just thrown thrown together numbers that they tried to contra- contradict the development, but instead they st- it ended up contradicting themselves. So uh, yeah. It, it, it's one of these things where I was listening to, to the Luton Town fan podcast there with Justin Deedy and Darren Jones, and Darren Jones said finally he doesn't, like when he has his, his kid, he doesn't have to go to Milton Keynes, or he won't have to go to Milton Keynes um, or outside of Luton to go see a movie, to go 
somewhere nice to have some dinner or whatever. It's all going to be there. And I, I just don't understand why anyone would object to the first one. I, don't get me wrong. I can understand why they objected to it because at the end of the day, it's money going to be coming out of their pockets if it impacts the Luton Mall at all. Yeah, so uh, yeah, just, I, I I don't think that I don't think that they they are gonna go out and protest against because, um, as I said, I don't think the foundation for a complaint is there. I don't think the foundation for for um, a legal review is is there because the council, although maybe they've taken two years on these two applications and numerous numerous delays, they've they actually appear to have done the job. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah, and I mean, you, you could see how much it meant to uh, to Gary Sweet and to the to the backroom staff when when it got approved. And um, I, I think some of the council members were a little bit uh, scared by by the loud "get in" chant that happened right after it was announced. Uh, but I mean, it's fantastic for the club. I know Gary Gary Sweet's not getting too ahead of himself right now, and, and for a player to you know, he keep his keep his feet on the ground. He's gonna make sure that this season finishes without a hitch and then make sure that this goes off without a hitch and then hopefully by the time we get to stadium and I know we didn't give a time frame on it but hopefully by the time we get to fr- by the time we get to stadium we're at least in the championship um and and and, and we can push on from there oh yeah absolutely and 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 as you say i i think it's all a question about when and how and if we're going to to be able to do it um we're gonna we're gonna see a few delays. We're gonna see a few setbacks, especially when they start digging into the power court uh, surface and start finding all the heavy metals and and all the all the pollutives there. They have to clean up first. We're definitely going to have to see some delays. I think. So I think it's important as a Luton fan right now just to. Um, Keep 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 calm and 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 keeping on or or something like that as 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 the, as the Brits tend to say, because right now um, this is still in its early stages and yes we've we've uh, we've we've passed a huge hurdle but the, there's a few more hurdles coming up down the road. That is very very true and anyone that's been a Luton Town fan for a while will tell you it's never ever all highs with Luton Town. We're, we're gonna have we're gonna have lows at some point. But honestly I don't think it's gonna be this season. I think this 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 wow. season, this year, these last couple of years have just been unbelievable for the club. Yes, it's been it's been amazing. And I think also with with the positive vibe around the club and the positive vibe around the squad and everything that's going with the new training ground. I have to think we have to attribute a lot of this to the new training ground as well. The fact that we aren't um, training at a um, facility we used to train at before. And this new um, facilities we have has kept down the amount of injuries we've been getting because before we were just riddled with injuries and had a lot of them. But but this season we've we've haven't had that much training injuries that has occurred. That's mostly been match injuries. So one of those those things put together with um well Nathan Jones finally finding a good combination Steve Rutter coming in as his assistant because I personally believe that Steve Rutter has had a lot to do with the the changing form and also the the, the consistent good form we've been in than, than Nathan Jones had at some point because I believe that most of the long run we've been on 
um, happened to come in around when 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 the Rutter joined the club as well. So two questions. One, do you think Mick is the face of the club, as in because he's such a kind of like United with Solskjaer, he's such a legend at the club. Do you just put him in? He's a feel go factor. Everyone loves Mick, but you let you let Rutter take all the all the heavy lifting. Um, <laughs> and then the second question: Would you give him the manager's job? Well, it, it appears that this uh, West Bromish assistant manager looks to be the one who is going to get the nod. Um, I won't say anything about it if I think it's a good or a bad decision. I'll just say I'll I'll trust Gary Sweet. They gave us uh, they gave us John Still and they gave us Nathan Jones. After... <laughs> but hold on, but hold on. They also gave us Richard Money and Gary Brabham and Paul Buckle. Yeah, but like they had to they had to get a few <laughs> wrongs to to be able to get it right. You know, the naming a manager and appointing a manager is is actually really hard work because you 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 know if you've ever given a job into you, I don't know if you have, but I've given I've given a few hundred and and listening to people talk about themselves and their ambitions and their aspirations and actually knowing if they're going to fulfill or be a good match for you or your business or in this case your club is a really t- difficult task to 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 get right you you got to look at you got to look at the previous record uh, you got to look at what has that person achieved so far but you also got to look at is this guy a good fit for 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 the, the team you have and and the team you plan to put around him how much liberty are you going to give him how much independence are you going to give a manager um like with steve rudder is steve rudder going to stay on as his assistant manager because we, you you've seen how, how how good he does um yeah so so appointing a new manager is a really really, really tough job so why not just take all that out of the equation and go with what you know is working right now? I'd, I'd say it's a fair point, and I'd say it's a good argument for it. Um, but I think it's a good, also a good argument to, to, to appoint someone who knows the lay of the land for where we're going. And for example, Graham Jones, who, who, who actually has only been an assistant manager, hasn't been a manager, he has some experience on the championship level. He he has the contacts, but then again, an argument could be made that Mick Harford has as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's as I said, I, I think we just got to rely on and 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 trust that the 2020 consortium and and Gary Sweet and 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 his um, and his his merry gang of board of directors is going to do going to do the right thing and and give us a good manager. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion? Because I know I've read stories that basically say the deal was done and he was supposed to be coming in at the end of the season and then obviously West Brom let him and Darren Moore go. Yeah, I'm really interested in what what was happening there because um, if if some of these um, these stories seem to be correct, like a done, it was a done deal and was going to join 1st of June, but now it's been sacked. Does that mean that the compensation package that Luton and West Bromwich Albion already had agreed upon, does that fall through now? Does does everything has to be renegotiated directly with with a new manager, uh, with him uh, himself? Do we actually have to still pay West Bromwich Albion money? That uh, I, I I find it a really weird situation if that happens to be the person who um, 
who who actually is going to get appointed. You would think that they wouldn't owe. You would think that the compensation wouldn't be paid until June the first, which means that at this point now, Luton would not owe them anything. They may have to renegotiate. Renegotiate the. Although, if you've already agreed a contract, what what's there to renegotiate? You know, hey, this yeah. is what we're offering for. No, I've got sacked now. I want more. No, you yeah. got sacked. We should be paying you less. Yeah, exactly. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of an odd one, and, and I have actually actually absolutely no idea where we're going with this one. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. And um, yeah, first of June does sound like a good timing to appoint a new manager. I really hope. Even if it's Gary Jones and he is without a job right now, he's probably gotten a good compensation package and can probably survive until 1st of June, no matter what. So uh, I, I really hope we, we just stick with the current current setup till 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 the end of the season. And obviously, it, it, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Bradford game as well, because uh, the, the Sonny Bradley, we were talking about earlier on, the Sonny Bradley... Uh, Theatrics. What did you make of it? Oh yeah, I've, I've I've seen the video and I've seen a few of the footages and yeah, it's a, it's a fairly fairly weird situation, isn't it? And I I love the fact that he's just taking it with a good heart and 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 being very ironic about it as well. And um, I think I think that's that's a that just shows yet again, as I said, uh, Sonny Bradley and and Matthew Pearson take a bow. Like yes, we have a great goal scorer in James Collins but my god do we have a good center back pairing uh, center back pairing as well I love that I just thought it was one of the most funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life when you when you consider what you see in like the Champions League and the Premier League with these players going down and I know someone uh someone put a story up about uh, Cellini from Juventus going down as if he'd been shot and then you have the Bradley reaction and yeah. it, it it just makes me laugh the the, the difference um between yeah, no. Between between the leagues and like you're playing in the same country, it's it's England. But yet the reaction from the Premier League players compared to the reaction from League Two, League One, League Two players is just it's 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 ridiculous. These are players actually earning their money, if you ask me. Yeah, but then again, you also see that the fact that the the amount of foreign players in the Premier League compared to the amount of foreign players at a club like Luton Town, uh, I'm not I'm not saying that that has a direct there's a direct connection between those two, but I'm just saying that we will see a lot of more simulation and stuff like that in Premier League based on the players who are actually there than you'll see in League One because the players in League One has a different ethos and a different standard they're, they're, they're living by. I was just going to say, when, when, when you said that, I'm like, Delhi Alley and Ashley Young are English, and they're two of the biggest divers in the Premier League. But then again, we know where they, where they learned that. Yeah, well, you, yeah. You look at who who's coaching them as well. You're looking at the instilled the instilled uh, routines and the instilled culture that the the players are are being trained in as well. It has has a lot to do with that. So maybe in the future, maybe we'll be embarrassed by by some overpaid rich rich player playing for Luton Town and taking a nose dive against well whoever we're playing at the time and. And I think, unfortunately, that's one of the bad sides with this globalized football um, craziness that's come down. And and if you look at it like that, you also look like we're already starting to see it, like with Sky Sports now just having picked the Accrington game to be televised. Um, I've seen lots of tweets about fans 
losing hundreds of pounds on tickets and stuff like that because they were planning to travel on uh, to the game on the Friday and now it's going to move to Saturday. So that's all the tickets down the drain. That's all the money that hard-earning fans won't be able to get back because Sky Sports just wanted to show something on the telly. Yeah, I, I honestly think these games should be picked at the start of the season and then that's it. You don't add, you don't subtract any games. You pick your games at the start of the season and that's it. Um, obviously, when you get to the end of the season and the playoffs and whatnot, that's a different story. But uh, I, I don't believe in this, oh, well, you know what? It's three weeks away, but we're going to pick this game up. And I'm like, yeah. people make plans. Yeah, to to some extent, I do agree with you. Like, I can understand it from the sporting point of view as well. They want to pick games that are interesting and that matters. And from my calculations, I think actually we can be crowned champions at the Akron game. So, so I can understand why it's being picked for televised audience. But then again, you also got to remember that the the people who are actually there week in and week out has to be respected, and the fans has to be respected, and and. But, but then again, we, we know, you and I know, and I think every every other fan that's listening to this podcast will probably know that, unfortunately, that's not the reality that football lives in right now. The big money is talking, and the EFL and the FA and, and all those guys, they couldn't give a toss about the fans and what the fans feel about moving a football game, unfortunately. I actually loved Gary's, uh, I don't know if it was Gary Sweet's quotes, but it was the quotes from Luton. When the game was moved, they basically turned around. They basically turned around and said, "Look, there's nothing we can do about it. We're really sorry to our fans." They basically, like that's what they said. You know, it, it, the decision was out of our hands because yeah. of the deal between the EFL and Sky Sports. And you're just kind of sitting there going, "Even they don't agree with it." And it, it, it just, as you said, it doesn't make any sense. People making plans for that Friday, bought train tickets, bought bus tickets, whatever it may be, to get up to the game or to get down to the game, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. And all that, all that's changed in 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 the in the blink of an eye because, as you said, Sky won a game to show. And let's face it, Sky may be calculating and think, "Oh, Luton can win the title on this day, so we want to be there." If Sky are there, we're not winning the title. <laughs> let's face it, right now, we're not winning the title. If Sky are yeah. there, not with not where well, our record is Sky. Well, that that is true. Um, I actually, but I actually remember a time well under Mike Newell that the opposite was a given. Like every time we played a game um, under Mike Newell, we tend to win when we played on the TV. But um, yeah, I guess those things goes in waves, just as everything else in life. But um, yeah, as I said, the hardest thing is for the fans, and and as a fan, I don't like, and I don't like seeing that. But and 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 annoyingly enough, like. You, you and I, we we are both paying for I I follow and and paying a fair fair bit of money for that, and now we we won't be able to watch it there, even though we paid pay, paid for the access, and now we just have to go and find some um, Romanian live feed or something mm-hmm. of Sky Sports for the night. So it's just you you pay you pay your money, but but in the end you you aren't guaranteed a product uh, at the end of it. And that's, that's really frustrating. And, and yeah, so see, I, I see it completely from the fans' point of view, really. I wonder what's going to happen when we go up next season to the championship. How, how, how does it change then? <laughs> especially, especially for us, what I follow, because I know those games are picked a lot more frequently for TV purposes. So at that point, yeah. you tend to think to yourself, like if you're an overseas hatter and you're, you purchased iFollow, you tend to start thinking to yourself, well, hold on, is it even worth my while? 
Wait until the wait until the fixture list come out and see what Sky are showing, and then I'll have a look. But then Sky can change their mind again in the blink of an eye and say we want to show that game on Friday night. Okay, we're moving it to Friday night. Yeah, as I said, it's it's go- we're going to have some ups and downs, no matter what, no matter where you are as a fan, uh, because because of televised games. But but then again. <laughs> We, we we are we, we do love our team and we do love to watch them play and, and and in most cases we will be able to and we won't be inconvenienced by stupid stupid TV deals but that's just the reality of again that that's just the reality of football these days you 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 don't get a, you don't get a three o'clock kickoff televised game on BBC anymore it's, it, it's all about the money so. That's that. That's just a reality. We just got to get used to and adapt to, I suppose. There's actually a podcast over here that I listen to called the Mostly Soccer Show, and the two guys that are on there were talking about the beautiful game and about VAR and the dark arts. And I've got to know them over the last couple of months, just 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 getting involved with the podcast a little bit, um, helping them with predictions and whatnot. And I actually said to them, "The beautiful game died when the Premier League was born." And I stand by that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you there. I'd, I'd, but I'd, I'd probably leave it a few. I'd probably move it ten years further ahead after Premier League was created. But yeah, in a sense, in a sense, when 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 all the money came into Premier League, that that's when football died. But yeah, their business, also... their businesses now. They're nothing else. They're just businesses. They're they're not football clubs. They're businesses. Unfortunately. I think I th- I think that's uh, true to some modification. Like some of the clubs probably are still run and act like a football club, but but then again, others are completely completely different and more like a business. Uh, but then again, the the teams that do well are the ones that are mostly run like a business. So there you go. I wanted to ask you a question, and it's not Luton Town related. But I wanted to ask, I don't know if you've even seen it, but I wanted to ask your opinion on the Jack Grealish incident. Yeah, I, I saw that. Well, technically you could say it's a little bit related since, um, um, yeah, Jack Grealish. I think, wasn't he on loan or was it Alex Grealish? Mm, I think I, it was, no. I think you're going to mix up with someone uh, else. Mixing up, yeah, well, we have always played with Gilead, Gilead. You're thinking Gilead, Gilead. That's Alex Gilead. Yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, no. <sighs> It's it's just one of those things. Like here, you have a big. Uh, we just had a big talk about how how the fans are getting the hard stick by, and then you have fans <laughs> fucking it up for everyone else on the other side. So you you can never win. You will always have some shitheads like that that will do stupid things. So and the fact they, that he looks so pleased with himself as he's been escorted off the pitch, I'm like you're yeah. a fucking moron. <laughs> you have nothing to be pleased about. Yeah, that's maybe you should maybe you should have alcohol meters so so like like you have when you do RBTs, you know. Uh, <laughs> Nick could never get into a game. <laughs> no, Nick and Stu would probably be banned <laughs> for life. But yeah, I I just say that some people can't hold their alcohol, and I I just think we have to put it down to that. But like if you look at it and look at how many people drink before a game and how many probably come intoxicated into a football game, um, these incidents are really rare. And and thank 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 heaven for that. They they're really rare, and we won't see them that many times, hopefully. And um, that's just one of the things you got to take. Some of these incidents are always going to pop up now and then. 
Yeah, I think this weekend was a full moon because you had that incident. You had the incident in Scotland with the Rangers player. And yeah. then you had the incident in the United Arsenal game with Chris Smalling. It's just like, is it a full moon or all the fucking weirdos out or what? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, well, it is It is March and, you know, spring's in the air and <laughs> people are getting happy and all that stuff. Yeah, it must be something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we've covered most bases and I think, um, I think it's fair, fair enough to call call it a day. Uh, what's your prediction for uh, What's your prediction for the next game? Uh, I want to say we continue the the the, the run. I want to say we're at home. I want to say the run continues. I, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for a two 0 win. Two 0 will against Gillingham. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say we're gonna win. I'm gonna say we're gonna win. Probably three one. Three one. You think we'll end a go? Yeah. Well, Gillingham's. Oh, it's on. They're seventeenth and haven't really. I don't know when the last one. They've been pretty shit, haven't they? Yeah. Okay. Three 0 Sorry about that. Well, all, all right. I've got to, all I've got to say is, Alex, is thank you. And when you're following and subscribing on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment. All right. It's actually Have up a... on iTunes now because Nick isn't 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 working it. <laughs> have, a, <laughs> ha, ha, have a good one, Gavin. Uh, see you next time. You too, Nick. <laughs> I just called you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that again, shall we? <laughs> Nah, fuck it, just leave it there. <laughs> you too, Alex. Have a good one. Have you too, Nick, one. wherever you're listening from. <laughs> All right, bye-bye.